0: Up until a week ago, I was living with my childhood friend Michelle in a flat in London. We've known each other since the age of 10, and I've seen her struggle with her relationship with food during her teens. I really admire her for being able to fully recover, and today she shares her thoughts on intuitive eating, changing habits, and how to cope with anxiety. Even though she lives within walking distance from me, We couldn't meet in person due to the current lockdown. However, in this day and age, there's lots of possibilities to stay connected online. We give you all our tips and advice on how to cope with your worry caused by isolation, especially in terms of body image. My name is Fanny Beckman, and this is Women of My Generation. Michelle, it feels a bit weird like not sitting next to you because we obviously lived together for two months. We actually shared bed. <laughs> I know, but <we're> basically <laughs> lovers. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I I've now, ruined it already. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't apologise. Obviously, things have changed, and we are recording this the day after the prime minister said that we were practically having a lockdown here in London. Yeah. And it is a weird time, isn't it?
1: It is weird indeed. Like, so far, it's been kind of a fun game that we're playing. Like, oh, mummy told me to be inside. Ha-ha, it's so funny. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but now it's actually real, guys. <laughs> it's real. Help. Yeah, I know.
0: And the thing is that we don't really know what's happening in, like, a week's time or for how long this is going on for. So yeah. I think everyone's a bit, like, nervous. But also, it's kind of nice to see that... It builds communities at the moment as well. Lots of things happens online, like, with exercise and all that.
1: Yeah, no, I think people have really been sort of coming together, actually. And I always feel closer to my flatmates. And, and I called my friend for the f- I never called people. I hate calling people. But I've been calling... I even <laughs> called my grandmother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm the same actually like and also like on instagram messaging like old school mates uh, in sweden that I haven't spoken to in, like 10 years <laughs> oh that's lovely it's weird but it is really lovely actually yeah um and i think we're gonna talk a bit more about the current situation at the end of this podcast episode but i want to talk to you um about your relationship to your body Obviously because that's what I do In women of my generation But also I think you've had A really interesting journey Because um, many people claim That it's not possible To fully recover from an eating disorder Without getting professional help But you seem to prove them wrong Because you suffered from disordered eating From a very early age And you have said that it took you About seven years to get back to to unhealthy relationship with food and to a healthy mindset. And you've also struggled with binge eating, which is very common during a recovering process of anorexia, which is basically because you have just restricted from certain types of food for so long. And now you have all this food that you kind of allow you to eat and you just overdo it a bit, if you know what I mean. And I just wanted to ask you about these couple of years like could you just share how it was how old were you how did it all start and that kind of stuff
1: yeah I, I don't know really but just that I was sort of trying to think about this as I was going on a walk earlier today sort of how do I succinctly describe this but um mm. I think I suppose I started the started to be like building an awareness sort of of my body kind of as a thing you know I think you you don't have that really when you're li- very little but I think I started sort of you know having an awareness of that probably already in fifth grade it's sort of sort of creeping in I think so I was probably 10 mm. 10 11 I think at that time uh yeah. but sort of um, well, without much success in terms of dieting, but I think really I was an early bloomer. I was always the tallest girl, you know, when I was like really little, and I think I probably hit puberty sort of really early. Uh, combining that with a humongous appetite, and like until then, I, I always had a huge appetite. But I was always quite a sort of athletic kid, and I was always quite um, yeah, like not not I wouldn't want to call it skinny, but like a wiry, almost like really strong, athletic. Uh, As a child, I I was always... And Mm. I was eating lots because I was working out loads. I was doing all these sports. I was doing swimming and figure skating. And then I did sailing and horseback riding. And we did, like, ballet and other sort of off-ice workouts for figure skating. Um, So there were times when I was, you know, training 15 hours a week, sort of outside school and stuff. Um, Mm. So I think... Yeah. So, you know, I never sort of, you know, gained any weight. I had like zero fat. And then I think I just hit puberty and I s- cut down on working out because I was starting to sort of uh, stop figure skating as much because I realized I wasn't going to win the Olympics. So why do it at all? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I just started, you know, gaining weight as women do when they hit puberty. And I think looking back on it, that's probably, you know, I wish that now we're looking back on it it feels very obvious, but at the time I sort of didn't really know what was going on and I feel like it wasn't maybe properly explained to me. I was I think one mm-hmm. of the first ones in our class who developed breasts and that sort of stuff. So I think it was just quite early on with that sort of stuff. Whereas the other girls in our class would stay quite skinny, you know. Um, and sort of and all the girls in figure skating sort of, you know, class also stayed very skinny. Whereas I wasn't skinny. I had, like, one gram of fat on me, you know, which felt like the end of the world. That Like, it was just weird. It was new. It wasn't like that. Yeah. And... Uh, because I like eating so much I kept on eating as much as I did when I was working out loads So obviously I did gain a bit of weight And that fit. first led to my first sort of body Like like self-consciousness sort of issues
0: um, And Do you think it would have helped if you had like more I don't know if you know, sex education in a way But more focus on like hitting puberty Do you think that would have helped you?
1: Yeah, maybe. Like, just sort of reassuring that it's okay if your body changes. Your body will change and get ready for it. I think maybe because I was so early. I can't remember when exactly we had this talk in school. I know we had really Mm -hmm. good education about this sort of stuff in Sweden. But I'm not sure if I was maybe a bit earlier than that, potentially. Well, I feel like I just... But you also just don't have that sort of overarching awareness of things in life in general when you're 10 so I feel like you're just maybe not capable of understanding things on that sort of level maybe yeah. you are so in your own little world when you're that small so um but yeah so that basically led me I remember sort of uh I don't measure time my like when this happened I started dieting quite intensively um when I was 12 in sixth grade and uh, mm-hmm. And uh, at first, it was sort of, you know, it was sort of... It wasn't meant to be sort of like a diet diet, but, like, it was encouraged by my parents to eat a bit healthier, maybe sort of control my enormous appetite a little bit since, you know, they noticed that I gained weight. You know, I had... Just sort of side note, I have no sort of uh, grudges against them or anything. They did everything out of care, and I completely understand why they acted They did with the knowledge they had at the time. Um... Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, but I suppose it was sort of a, a bit of a role of my parents in this as well because they noticed my body changing and sort of freaked out a bit, maybe, I guess. Um, and they just wanted the best for me. So they sort of supported me, tried to be supportive of me, like, eating more healthy. Um, mm. But that – and then, yeah.
0: But that kind of led you to something else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, later on. Yeah,
1: so it, eventually it started, like – I'd lose a bit of weight, but not sort of very fast. It was like, you know, I'm a very impatient person. And then I discovered calorie counting. And boom, guys, like, that's how I got, like, I I mean, I call it, I had anorexia. I never got an official diagnosis. But let's say for at least a period of, I would say, six months, I was eating probably around sub 1,000 calories a day, maybe 800, sometimes, sometimes even less. Um,
0: Mm. And... uh, I but that's the thing, like loads of people say like, oh, I was never diagnosed or so wasn't really ill. But then again, you never actually went to seek help and you you don't know what they would have said, what a doctor would have said to you either.
1: Yeah, true. And I think my mum did intervene when it was, when she noticed that I wasn't regaining weight, you know, like a bit further down the line. Uh, I was, I went from, I remember very so distinctly this in numbers, I was around 52 kilos uh, when I was big I think I wasn't big let's be honest I wasn't big but I was I looked awkward as a you know, 12-year-old bloody does, we all look fucking awkward. Sorry for my French. But we look so <laughs> awkward at that age, and I think I was just conscious because of that. But, like, I was so used to having this, like, five-year-old's, like, athletic body, and then suddenly I look like a sort of misshapen something. So I was just self-conscious mm. because of that. If I don't, I was going to be okay in a few years' time. I didn't have to go through this whole dieting thing. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, ex- exactly. Like, we don't really know what's going on with our bodies and I think that's such a like good point that you made like with puberty that's when a lot of people go into like the, the vicious circles of eating disorders really um and again we compare ourselves to each other more than like looking up what other women who are older might look like and and talk about it I feel like in those kind of years it's very important to to be popular and you know you think a lot about what other people think of you so you might not express your fears or say out loud that you oh what's going on with my body it's not really something that you talk with your friends about that age either.
1: Oh no! Oh my God! I remember, like, friends were so cruel at that time. Like, we all—I feel like—I mean, maybe it was heightened by my own sort of insecurities, but I feel like everyone was focusing on like how people looked. But yeah, I remember. Mm. So I dropped. What happened was I—I I went from like fifty-two kilos. Um, you know, I'm, I'm five foot two, one sixty centimeters tall. Like, I'm still had that height. I stopped growing since, basically. <laughs> but, uh, so, so I went from fifty-two kilos down to like thirty-six at my lowest.
0: Oh no. Yeah,
1: but that's when, like, I, when I hit like 40, my parents were like, this is enough. Like, you know, stop doing this. <laughs> um, mm. Then telling me, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just sort of, I need to readjust into my new body and my new life and I don't want to regain everything. But I just kept losing weight. I just kept losing weight and I kept hiding it from them. And then one day I remember very distinctly, mum put me on a scale, uh, on the scales and um, and it showed, you know, I had a towel on, so it was 37, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, mm. and uh, she was like, right, you are, eating because you become so good at hiding uh you know that you're pretending you've eaten or making it look like you've eaten and measuring everything and eating very slowly and da 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 -da. there's so many little tricks and things you you manage to come up with when you're in that sort of state and yeah but uh, since then like that's where I feel like that was because it like I had like intervention so quickly and sort of went with it because I felt like yeah this, this is probably right and I didn't have I mean yes and no I had a hard time like I didn't resist her helping me and like making me eat because uh, uh, mm. but I do it like for the next sort of at least four years after that I I regained weight and I was always trying to lose it in a very short amount of time without any success um, because it's bloody hard Like, and our bodies don't want to do it so I kept sort of yo-yoing back and forth and I I found a notebook the other day like, with my sort of plan I wrote wrote a little spreadsheet in my notebook of like each week I should lose like one kilo and then (laughs) like by by this date I will have lost ten kilo and I'll be all happy again like (laughs) it's yeah it
0: yeah it's that's so <laughs> don't take this, take this wrong but that's so you very organized and <laughs> yeah. you know perfectionist to to the yeah to the bones really and I, I know um a few episodes ago when I talked to Sarah from the beautiful project she also said this like she was also a perfectionist and um, very good at hiding her anorexia and so good in school. It's the same kind of story with you. Like, you, you were always so, so good in school and you were, you know, all these activities outside of school and then you had this to keep track on as well. I don't know how you did it.
1: Then we needed to be fair. I feel like I used up all my self-discipline as a child and then it just... Ended and hence, yeah, <laughs> like, that's where things started going downhill for me. Sort of when I started, like, no, started that's uphill, Michelle. <laughs> um,
0: you managed to recover, and that's the main thing, yeah, true. Now, speaking um, more about
1: school, but uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so I think, yeah, so all my sort of teenage years, I would say up until um, when I, I did the IB, the International Baccalaureate in Sweden. Um, I think I found a bit more of my crowd there. So, I think that helped me a bit, having a bit more of a social belonging. Um, Mm. And uh, I don't know. Like, it just, like, I kept gaining weight. So, like, okay, to sort of keep telling my story in numbers, (laughs) I went from 36 to 73 uh, in in a few years. Well, it was every, yeah, maybe four years' time. But, like, I literally doubled in weight. And uh, yeah, I, it was a lot of binge but eating. But I mean, four
0: years is still quite a long time. Yeah,
1: maybe, I don't know, maybe it was less, but I remember hitting 73 when I was in the IB. Um, so yeah, uh, I remember still, t- to fair, like trying to sort of start myself with a few things here and there, like trying to lose weight when I was in the IB. But I, I, I remember, I can't remember what the why what triggered it, but over time, I remember towards finishing the IB, I, I relaxed. Uh, about it i i think a little bit um and i started becoming a bit more comfortable uh, with my body as it was um Mm. so yeah but that was like now we're talking i was um 18 19 at that time when i sort of started to chill out a bit more but like during that time especially sort of towards my older teenage years i struggled a lot with binge eating i um I was, like, sneaking food out from the kitchen and eating in my room. If I was home alone, I would eat a whole, like, cake in one sitting. Uh, no problem. Like, I would eat tonnes and tonnes of food. Um, so, yeah, no wonder I still gained weight. But it was very sort of, I think, stress and anxiety-induced. Um, I still have, like, minor episodes of that. But it's sort of on a very human, normal level, I think, now. It's nothing sort of that concerns me. But, yeah... Uh, so that that obviously led to a big, but do you game. think
0: like uh, bin your binge eating had anything to do with your previous anorexia?
1: yeah, to some degree, yes, uh, in some degree, it's just like a physical response uh you're like you just want to eat eat because eat, you've been not eating for so long, especially when you have such a huge appetite as I do, and you just love yeah, food like and it's such a big part of my life it's it's yes, yeah, so a part of it is that your body just wants to like, oh my God, and also I think i mean sort of I don't know how, but i think your metabolism probably doesn't work very well either afterwards like it you just your body like even if i ate normally i probably gain lots of weight i reckon because just because your body is just like oh, we need to keep this <laughs> on ourselves until unless we're gonna starve again you know uh, mm-hmm. so yeah but I, I do think definitely was definitely sort of triggered i remember c- quite soon after i like mom forced me to start eating again i i did um Um, I started sort of binging quite soon after that. So I think it was partially that. um, So I gained weight quite quickly uh, coming out of it. Um, But then I think it turned into its own sort of... It was an escapism. It was more sort of an escapism issue and I think now that was like then I think at be maybe that escapism sort of was replaced not instead of binge eating I started binge watching stuff so I think maybe I sort of replaced one binge with a different binge but <laughs> that sort of behavior is still there I suppose I'm quite a sort of indulgent person
0: mm. but then you also mentioned to me before like when you moved to London that's when like the biggest change happened for you in terms of your relationship to your body
1: yeah, I think that's when sort of my habits actually change. So I think I started relaxing my attitude towards my own body and I stopped caring about losing the weight so much. I sort of accepted mm-hmm. that this is who I am. Um, it's just weird talking. And that's
0: when you're 19? Yeah,
1: Ooh. yeah. So I graduated from IB, I was 19. Uh, and then I moved to uni later that day that year, like in September um, to, to London, I moved and uh, yes, I think, like, my, my attitude to my body started already changing, sort of 18, 19, I think, slowly uh, but I still had those habits of, like, coming home, binge eating, And, and like, being stuck in, like, we always at a certain times at home it was quite rigid, Uh, like, if you think I'm perfectionist, you should have seen my (laughs) mum, like, (laughs) my God, like, it was quite a strict schedule at home sometimes when it came to eating, like, we have to eat meals together, which is obviously nice, but sometimes it's just like, I'm hungry now, I don't want to eat dinner later, but, like, if I would like binge eat in secret, I still have to eat dinner with the family afterwards, even though I was completely full. So to sort of so those sort of habits, oh, like yeah. being in a family, like with little flexibility around my eating, it was hard for me to sort of eat intuitively. But when I moved to London, I was completely free. And of course, the first thing I did was ate a jar of Nutella in my, you know, in my dorm room. But <laughs> But then I realised quite quickly that you don't feel very good when you do that. And even if it's Stacey, it's just not a way to live. So, but yeah, just that big, like, change of scenery for me. Moving to a new city, like, has so many new impressions and just bigger things to think about, starting university and reading Karl Marx. uh, You know, like, (laughs) gosh, like, I I, I didn't really... Like, also, we had meals provided for us in first year in in the halls, so... Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just that change of environment. Let me do my thing. I was completely free to do what I wanted to do, more or less. Mm-hmm. Like, and also I had to buy the food myself if I wanted to eat it. And I think that maybe like stops you as well from binge eating completely. Um, yeah, yeah, and I just I just dropped. I just don't didn't think about it. Uh, I remember because when I was like a younger teenager, like fourteen, fifteen. Do, like there was there wasn't a day when I didn't think about how I looked. Like I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. That was like a daily thought. But then it just stopped being a daily thought, and then completely dropped that in London as well. And it just wasn't a thing. And then I just like a year later, suddenly, um, like a year into uni in London, I. I I naturally just drop down without even thinking about food. I'm not not starving myself, nothing. I dropped back down to sort of around, I don't know, somewhere between 60 and 65. And I've been sitting there for the past um, four years, like sort of fluctuating naturally and just my body doing its own thing. And I think this is just the way I'm meant to look. And I've sort of found my medium where I eat as I want to do. And sometimes I'm a bit leaner, sometimes I'm a bit softer. And that's completely fine.
0: Um, yeah I think that's the main thing like I don't think we have to talk about numbers and kilos that's that doesn't matter at all it's just about like finding what's right for your body and the body type that you um should be and like when you have a healthy relationship to food for sure um but also you mentioned quite recently that you read an article um about exactly this about like changing habits and that um that's when a time when you can kind of develop uh new things easier or I mean you tell me you read article yeah Yeah,
1: so it it was actually on the yoga girl podcast I think one of her recent episodes about sort of changing habits and setting the tone for the new year or something like that. Um, and she had a guest on who's written a book about this and, and apparently there was a study done on smokers and people mostly dropped smoking if they also had a big, sort of big life change happening at the same time as they tried to stop smoking. Um and, and it was easy to make that big habitual change if you had a big life change around the same time. So I think for me, I mean, that just resonated with me a lot, you know. Uh, I know it's just anecdotal evidence, but I, I do feel for me that moving to London, completely changing, you know, not having any restrictions put on me by my family, being completely free, being in a new city, lots of new impressions, just took my mind off it and I could build a new life for myself and new habits for myself, uh, just as my body needed it um, And so sort of no yeah, yeah, no one telling me what to eat, not to eat You know, it was very freeing um, Yeah It must have been
0: such a relief
1: Yeah, it really was <laughs> Like it just feels weird talking about that time because I just feel so disassociated from it now. Like, I, like you know, I, I'm sorry, I was talking a lot about numbers and kilos before, but that, that's past me. I, I haven't weighed myself in five years, <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just the just... listeners, like, throw out that scale.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: nice. well, like, I, I second that. Yeah, it, this is just me, like, I guess it's just, it just helps me. That's how I track time, basically. <laughs> at, the, at the time, you know, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's just I can't tell that story without mentioning that because I just think this summarizes sort of what was going on with my body, um, and how obsessed I was with them. But my gosh, it's the stupidest thing that exists. Like, I can't, like, weighing yourself every day is literally the stupidest thing you could do. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Because you were like, you're, I don't know, you just haven't pooped or something or you retain some water. Like, it's bullshit. It's not going to measure any how, how you look, how you feel, uh, you know, how you're doing, how your mental health is doing, nothing like that. So, yeah.
0: yeah. That's so true. I'm glad we we said that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's some um, and, You've mentioned intuitive eating quite a few times already, and I want to talk more about this, um, which is like you fully listen to what your body needs and wants uh, in the moment. And as I said earlier, we used to live together like really recently up until like a week ago. And I've seen that you are very good at intuitive eating because um, you know when your body needs protein or vegetables or if you craving cake, you have some cake or bake some cake because you're obviously an incredible baker. And on a broader scale, you are very self-aware in terms of your mental health. Like For example, if you feel down, you know immediately it's because you haven't slept well or you haven't moved your body as you usually do. Is this something you've had to consciously consciously learn or does it come naturally to you?
1: Um, yeah, I would say it, it's been a long, long, long process for me to learn. And I still have a working process to sort of pick up on my own, my body signals and know what, what I need. I think a year of therapy helped quite a lot as well to just sort of, separate myself from like my anxiety for example i struggle with a lot of anxiety and that's sort of more in my mind now than eating issues or anything like that um and uh yeah uh but with intuitive eating yeah i think that's something i think especially being removed from family and just living on your own as a student a lot of i mean I think for a lot of people they struggle with food and stuff when they uh you know come to uni first in first year freshest week and they eat very unhealthily and stuff. But for me it was actually like an opportunity to just do what I wanted to do. And at first it was very unhealthy and then I might just naturally felt like I actually enjoy healthy food. Um yeah, and I I think i have become better and better at just listening what I want. I just don't think about it. like thing is I'm just right now I just have I'm so grateful I've been able to develop a just completely neutral stance or in a sense to food, apart from, like, I mean, obviously I love it, but in the sense that I don't, if I, I just eat something, if I'm hungry, I just eat, I don't overthink yeah. it. Um,
0: yeah, that's the thing, like, it does seem like it comes very naturally to you at the moment, even though you might have, or you have been through all this in the past, but it's led to you having a, almost like a better relationship to food than most people do who hasn't been through what you have?
1: Yeah, I have. I just don't label it at all. Um, I mean, I do in a sense that I, I see food now more as, you know, obviously apart from just like the kind of culinary enjoyment and I love cooking and I love cooking as an art form and that sort of stuff. But apart from that, I just see, you know, it's fuel for your body and your mind and because i still very much love sports and stuff and i, I try to work out and i mean it comes and goes in phases but uh but you know obviously i want to uh, be able to move my body and have energy for moving that but also not feel sluggish from eating too much junk food or whatever so um but also like mental health i do notice i do feel worse you know if i eat uh, very crappily, if I don't eat enough I feel awful, mm. I get so cranky <laughs> I I think, well <laughs> both of us probably suffer a, a good case of hangry
0: <laughs> Yes I do
1: <laughs> I think that's something like we both realise <laughs> Like we're both pretty intense on that one, so yeah, like eating yeah. is important
0: <laughs> uh, It is <laughs> No, I love that we have that relationship that we can see in each other when we need food, it's just like Michelle, yeah. you need to eat now. And you said the same to me, it's like, honey, <laughs> you're a bit grumpy, eat. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah. because I feel like, yeah. you know, I feel like with, if you're grumpy or down or sad or tired or anxious, first try eating, sleeping, moving your body, having a nice shower, washing your hair. And if you do all of that and you still feel bad, go to therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, like, if you just need to meet your basic physiological needs and you take care of your body in a loving way... And that's the thing. I think that's my main motto is... I eat well because I love my body. I work out because I love my body. Like... It's not. I do it out of love for myself. It's not a punishment. I love eating mm. healthy because I like how it tastes. Luckily, I'm not like I'm not picky. I'm very grateful that I don't have like issues with not liking anything. I eat everything, so and I really enjoy my greens and my salads and and that sort of stuff. I know a lot of people struggle with that because they just don't simply enjoy eating it. But I love it uh, and I love playing around with making food tasting and look nice and that sort of stuff. So. Um, yeah, but I, I just do it because I really, I really love my body and I want to take care of it the best way I can, but I never go work out to, yeah, to punish myself. And also, like, another point I want to make is I I, I think I just, you know, I'm also very grateful that I can move my body. Uh, I've had mm. some injuries in the past year um, from, like, overuse and stuff, and, and that's just made me acutely aware that is we should not be taking for granted that we we have a body that's able to do what we want to do and and also like now being stuck in quarantine like now suddenly everyone is running because it's the only time to get out of the house you know so
0: i know it's so funny like i watched from my balcony just saw shit loads of people running i was like what
1: (laughs) Yeah, cuz like we like cuz now that freedom is taking it away from us. As soon as it's taking it away from you to by quarantine or injury or any other sort of situation like it's then we realize like it's a gift to have a body that can run and not hurt and and I get so I cry when my knee hurts cuz it makes me so sad like I'm young and healthy and I can't bloody cycle, you know, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, I got yeah. issues with my knee and and, and, and I've spent a lot of money on physiotherapy and, and that's just, make, you know, your body's there to move and, and enable you to do wonderful and fun things and, um, yeah, uh, if I... Yeah, so that's, that's just... Uh, we should be grateful for our bodies and not punish them and, and that's why, you know, I work out to, to prevent injury very much and prevent injury and feel good mentally. Like, that's my two main reasons for working out. Uh, mm. yeah it's. I think
0: it's really true like we take so much for granted and especially in this time and age we are at the moment or in this situation um where we kind of realized how much we took for granted previously and now when we go to the supermarket it's really empty because of the coronavirus or yeah. we can't go out as much as we want we can't see each other yeah literally I, c- I couldn't come to yours tonight because Well, I'm not allowed to. The police could find me if I do. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, It's scary.
0: So it's... Yeah, it's definitely... It's one of those moments when you realise that, shit, you should actually um, take a step back sometimes and just appreciate what you have. Yeah. Um, But also, in this podcast, I've talked previously um, to other guests about like the correlation between disordered eating and mental health issues... Mm and again there's so much stress and anxiety at the moment and people could potentially develop eating disorders if you feel like other things in life um, you can't really grasp anything then that's when you turn inwards and start to develop um, like different issues um, or self-harm in any way and I therefore you know I want to talk a bit more what we can do to cope with the current situation at the best so you talked about you know the importance of getting up and taking a shower at a certain time um and what else do you do um yeah
1: that is a good point like I I really hope people don't develop eating disorders over this because uh, that'd be such a shame uh I mean in general it's yeah, always it's sure. a shame I'm but like, like, like I think I don't know I well I've taken control over my life by cleaning so I'm cleaning a lot <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. if you want to take control over something just clean your flat you'll feel better yeah. and you'll do something <laughs> useful and you're not gonna hurt your body so <laughs> I don't know
0: <laughs> but I think yeah yeah I think it's really important to find those kind of things because I've already had like messages on Instagram saying i like people don't know how they are going to cope with it because it's one thing like handling with the stress but also going to the supermarket and realise that you can't buy whatever you want uh, or people who have certain diets or, you know, even like being vegan must be quite difficult at the moment because you can't find um, the right nutrition potentially. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's definitely a triggering time. So finding that stuff... So you... You clean and you bake. I've seen on your Instagram. You're quite active there.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm definitely. My screen time has gone up this week <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so that's maybe something that's not very good. Uh, that I should not be doing so much. I, I I spend too much scrolling. That's for sure. But I think coming back to the food and the fact that we don't have all the food that we want at any time, twenty four seven. Uh, as is very sort of common in London, you can get hold of anything at any time, which is great. But it's a huge privilege to have that, and I think everyone's realizing now that food doesn't actually just magically appear on the shelves. It's actually a real thing that you know cannot exist if you you know it you know runs out. And I think it's a good wake up call for like people of this generation, because for my parents, it's not an issue. They, I mean, okay, so backstory: my parents grew up in communist Poland. This was their life for all the upbringing basically they had to queue for five hours every day to get a piece of bread or whatever like this was just what they grew up with Mm. so their stories have sort of like I think kept me a little bit grounded but still not the same thing until it happens to you yourself and uh, I think that just shows us like food is there food is for sustenance and I think we should be grateful that we have food and yeah I feel like it's
0: yeah. yeah it can definitely go the other way around as well it could be something positive yeah. when you like you said realise that it is fuel as well and exactly. uh, you just have to eat what's out there because yeah, you, have you can't to... be picky
1: at this time. Unfortunately, like I, I, I have so many ideas and things I want to bake, but I've had to put a hold on that because there's just not enough eggs for me to bake everything. For example, it's not enough flour or whatever. Like, and and that also makes me realize that all the things. Yeah, that, that's also a privilege for me, you know, to 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 be able to do that. I have been taking that for granted, and I think for me, if anything, that reaffirms that like. You know, eating disorders are kind of a little bit maybe you know without sort of downplaying anything but it's a little bit a sign maybe of our times and the fact that we do have so much of everything that you know we're so privileged and not privileged but like we can control our food you know if we want to like I don't think eating <coughs> disorders were probably not a huge thing when people are in starvation like because there's no food you know what I mean right, exactly. like it, it's I mean it's a maybe it's sort a of controversial thing to say but it's I, I think it's just maybe a reminder for everyone like food is there to eat and to keep you alive and you should honor it and cherish it and and uh, I really really hope people you know you know stay grounded and and try to channel their anxieties and and other ways uh, but of course I understand it can be hard you know it, it can be hard in these mm. times and
0: um it can be hard to control as well um
1: Yeah, But But
0: as we kind of mentioned a bit At the beginning of this podcast We've seen also like Different communities popping up online And uh, even like on Instagram People are actually talking about their anxiety Which is actually a great sign Mm. Because that means that they have A different channel For uh, expressing their worry And not turning it inwards Which is great Yeah
1: I think me myself also becoming aware That anxiety is a thing Has also helped me like like self diagnose almost like I know what it feels like when a panic attack is coming and I'm no longer scared if I'm getting a panic attack because I know exactly what my body feels like before it comes and I've sort of mm. like I know it'll be fine I'll just write it out and it'll be better afterwards um so I think and knowing that that's just anxiety and even like I was so proud my dad the other day like the other day the other month when I saw him at Christmas, <laughs> uh, he, uh, he was saying like, oh, I feel anxious. I'm like, oh, my God, my dad even knows what that means. Like, I don't think he ever used that word like when I was growing up. So it's good that mm. sort of awareness that anxiety is a thing, you know, and that's helped me a lot. Just understanding mental health issues. Uh, yeah. It helps to recognise them in yourself when they're happening. And that, for me, it helps me disassociate myself from them, almost in a sense. Like, knowing that I'm just feeling this way because I have anxiety right now. I'm having a panic attack right now. But it's not the end, be, on, be, end, be all and end all of, of like my being and my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely talking yeah, about sure. it does help and spreading awareness, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, because yeah, you also realise that you're not alone. There's so many other people yeah, who feel the same. Exactly. But again, we have talked about the correlation between mental health and eating disorders. And a few years ago, uh, your mum passed away. Mm. And um, in the fifth episode of Women in My Generation, I talked to Alice, who's been through the same kind of thing, and she talked about how... This trauma made her um, ill in anorexia. So I was just wondering if that was a triggering moment for you.
1: Yeah, no, like my heart went out to to her in that episode for sure. Um, I felt, I felt her. But uh, luckily for me, I, I was almost kind of expecting it to happen for me, but it didn't. I think I was already such a good place at that time uh, that it it wasn't triggering for me um it there was a few like when I first saw her in hospital and stuff I I couldn't eat apart from two chocolate pieces that day (laughs) but so I had a few Mm. days the first few days when I just didn't eat but like that was not because I was actively trying to control and suppress my appetite it was because I had no appetite and that was never the case when I was anorexic I was always actively suppressing my appetite. The appetite was still there, whereas this was genuinely me being so upset that my appetite went away, and that's when you know it's like really bad with me. Like it never happens unless like my mum is dying. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. So, but now luckily, yes, I was a bit sort of. It was at the back of my mind, but it, you know, it wasn't the main thing I was thinking about. Uh, and I remember I, I did sort of. I, I I managed to eat okay, um, sort of, quite quickly. A, f- a few days in, I, I managed to start eating uh, a little bit better. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely think, like, that awareness that you had at that age, because that was, um, was it two or three years ago it now? It was
1: uh, two years ago. I was 23. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah, did I, wait, um was I 22 actually? I don't know something like that. But it was two years ago. But had yeah yeah yeah, yeah around December 2017. But again, like
0: that awareness of um, that you kind of you said it yourself that he was um, kind of expecting you to have a relapse, but you didn't, and maybe that thought actually helped you. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. To not go back. Um, I think so, and also it's just like it was so long ago that that had been an issue, that it wasn't sort of... At that point, it was almost 10 years ago that I had mm. my worst episode. Um, I was, yeah, 22, 23 days, you know, 10 years ago from 12. So um, it was just so distant that, yeah, I don't think... I, don't, I feel like, yeah, if anything, I was also more worried about, like, starting to binge eat, if anything. I think that's sort of something that's more recurring still and still happening in my life but okay, uh, yeah
0: I always want to um, ask my guest as well about the future because obviously it's called women of my generation but it's an issue with like a negative body image for um, older generations and will unfortunately um, be an issue for younger generations as well do you have any thoughts on what we can do to help younger people from from developing eating disorders in any way.
1: I think if anything is triggering for me is to see a 12-year-old girl and her saying anything about her body, that makes me... Yeah that that fucks me up really like that was like no i don't want anyone to ever go through this again please don't make my mistakes please 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 like i go i kind of drop into despair and i i honestly i don't know what to do um and it's it's hard because there's a thing kids don't listen to adults they just don't they learn by the mistakes uh that's how i feel because i didn't listen to it there, there were some teachers who asked me if i was okay when i was and i was like oh that's fine you know like it i i i completely ignored everything everyone was telling me so because yeah. uh, there were quite a few people who did sort of once i really started dropping in weight they were like um do, do, do you have food at home you know like <laughs> uh mm-hmm. so uh, yeah i don't know i, I do feel it's yeah it's such a difficult topic and i think that's maybe also to touch upon that a bit maybe one of the main reasons i wouldn't want to have kids because i don't know how to deal with it i don't know how to i don't know how i would handle that and and guide a child through that period and uh, and i am i'm also worried about now my my dad's wife he she's got two kids and uh, one of them is, is in that sort of teenage years, now hitting those years. And, and I really hope she'll be okay. Uh, and I feel quite protective of her. Um, and mm. But yeah, I unfortunately don't have any big solutions. Obviously, like... Yeah, lead by I example, think we can I all... think, lead by example. Yeah, don't exactly. Talk about it too much. Don't talk about it negatively and positively. Eat healthy food, but also, like, yeah, just eat intuitively around your kids as well. And, uh, but I guess kids need some sort of routine, but, you know, not too you know some women, but, you know, not too strict, not too relaxed either, because you obviously don't want your children to develop unhealthy eating habits. So it's such a difficult balance to do as a parent, and I really feel for every parent out there who has <laughs> to navigate mm. this.
0: Um, yeah I mean you just said that you didn't have like any good solutions but I I actually think that is a perfect solution to stop focus so much about appearance and talk about um, your body or anyone's body in a negative way around kids I think that's the main thing that we have to to learn everyone
1: yeah I think yeah, definitely definitely I think maybe just also showing your kids that you know Teaching them that the bodies are there to be used And, 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 you know, I don't know I do still think, like, letting your kids do sports and stuff is good You know, kids should obviously move They have a lot of energy So, um, but yeah, without too much pressure But I I wouldn't know how to balance that I think I'm quite competitive If I had kids, I'd be like You're going to be an Olympic gymnast (laughs) You know I say, I think, like, it's just best for me not to have kids Because I'm going to ruin them (laughs)
0: <laughs> you, you take your responsibility. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I feel
1: like you know, like oh yeah, I'll, I'll just be a cool aunt.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd be fucking sick aunt. Yeah, yeah it'd be great. <laughs>
1: but yeah, if I do, well, yeah, but I I try. Obviously, if I do talk with kids that age, I, I try to sort of, yeah. Uh, have a positive attitude and if they mention anything be like no you do not think about that way da 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 I don't know It, it but it is, it's really hard and it, it, that is something that really triggers me and also if feel like my friends like start going on about like seriously about actually going on a proper diet like it's one thing if they just like eat a bit differently but like if they're actually thinking about like I'm going on this, like, 12-week program and eat 800 calories a day and go to the gym three times a week. I'm like, Ugh, can you not, please?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't do yeah, this. Yeah. Throw out that scale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Throw it out yeah. and leave the diets behind.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, just, like, sure, but be healthy, you know? Like, it's still good to be healthy. So it's hard for me to find that balance because I still advocate, like, Eat your greens, you know. Eat, you, eat your sort of whole foods and and all that sort of stuff. Like, uh, cook your own food. Um, so
0: yeah, but that's like something completely different yeah, to if you compare to like the the diets that are out yeah, there.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't think you're gonna arrive at some destination or at some number and you're gonna. Uh, be happy then because that's what i thought when i was anorexic i was unhappy and it made me more unhappy and i lost all my friends because i was all self-centered and like i didn't want to talk to anyone uh so i had no friends basically when i was anorexic and well i felt like that at least and you know it didn't make me happier at all to to be at a certain point, yeah. um, you know, certain weight and uh, yeah th- yeah just enjoy your life while you trying to you know better yourself. That's completely compatible, I would say.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's the perfect way to end today's episode. So thank you so much Michelle for sharing your story.
1: <laughs> thank you. Sorry for ranting.
0: <laughs> Didn't <laughs> rant at all. Very well behaved, I'd say. <laughs>
1: i'm working on sharing my anxieties finally yeah and you're doing so well <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me i miss you and it feels nice to reconnect
0: yeah.